Now it's time to talk about everything dogs, cats, and other domestic animals. This is Animal Talk. Here are Dr. Dan Lang and Dr. Katie O'Brien on the Big 550 KTRS. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Dan Lang. I'm kind of on my own today. Connor's not here, so if you have any questions, comments on anything veterinary-related, please give us a call and be happy to talk with you. Um, have to kind of give a couple quick stories of my weekend uh, for all the years I worked as a veterinarian. Usually Fridays could be pretty busy the day after Thanksgiving. A lot of animals get into foods, which we'll talk about in just a second, that they shouldn't. And so we would see a lot of vomiting, diarrhea, and that sort of thing. But uh, unbeknownst tell my wife, and she kind of looked at me funny, but I, on my bucket list was always doing a Black Friday event. And so since I had Friday off, I thought, let's give it a whirl and check checked all the stores when they opened and that type of thing. And at uh, 5.58, I was at uh, Macy's and JCPenney's at Mid-Rivers Mall. And initially, it was kind of underwhelming, underwhelming, not overwhelming. There were about 15 cars in the parking lot. So it really, it was busy, but not overwhelming. So I was kind of surprised at that. But I thought I got some pretty good deals for clothes and maybe some other presents I can't mention on the air. But it was an interesting day. I'm a very good people watcher, and I got my money's worth with uh, with that. When I went over to JCPenney's, they did uh, have some coupons you could get. There was a gal that was handing things out. So had a good afternoon, good morning, and got back home and did some odds and ends. My dilemma was that at 6 o'clock every morning, my wife and I clean stalls, feed the chickens, and so forth. And my dilemma, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, was, well, do I hang around and clean the horse stalls, or do I go out and see what Black Friday is all about? And as I just told my story, you can imagine what uh, what I did. So it was a good good day. And then I also wanted to mention uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to the University of Iowa as an undergraduate, and a couple Saturdays ago went up to Iowa City to see a game. And the reason I bring that up, because I know most people are Missouri fans, but today on the CBS News, which is on, I think, between uh, 8 and 9.30, Channel 4, they mentioned Iowa City a tradition, and I was there for the tradition that at the end of the first quarter, we all turn around or face the hospital. It's about 10 floors high that's next to Kinnick Stadium, and we wave to all the kids there. And the kids are oncology cancer cases, and so it's a lot of fun to wave at them. There's probably 70,000 people in the stadium, so it was kind of a neat tradition. I had heard about it before but never participated, and it was just kind of a win-win for everybody. And what I was really worried about were the temperatures because the week before Thanksgiving, Iowa does not always have the most perfect weather, but it was a high of 57 degrees during the middle part of the game, and so I was very happy about that. And I learned that kids in college have not changed much in the last 40 years. That After a couple of few beers, I saw some behavior that I had seen back in the good old days. But anyway, enough socializing. I have been kind of listening to KTRS more than usual this past week. And other shows, and of course the end thing going back to veterinary medicine, is what animals, what foods or non-foods are, are good for animals or not so good. And most of the things I've heard are... are are fine. I was just curious if anybody had any incidences of food problems. Again, it's always when the neighbors or family come by, they always have to feed that cute little puppy 
And, of course, that cute little puppy's already been fed from four or five other people. And sometimes the day later they pay the same price of having some issues or maybe even have to go to the veterinarian. But one thing I did want to bring up is that there is a compound called xylitol. It's a sugar alcohol, and it's used as a sweetener in a lot of different products, especially like gum, mints, nicotine gum, a lot of vitamins. They found out that it does seem to cut down the amount of bacteria like in the mouth, and so they even had the xylitol in toothpaste. It's in a lot of baked goods, ice cream, yogurt, and so forth. And now they even have it. I don't think it's the name brands, but I think they even have it in some of the peanut butter or nut butters going on. And so I just wanted everybody to be a little bit careful with the xylitol. And again, it's it's spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L, xylitol. And be a little bit careful when you get these so-called sugar-free items because it turns out that if you have like a 60-pound dog, if they would eat more than one piece of the gum, that had the xylitol, it could cause some pretty serious issues. And what it does, without getting too technical, but I will anyway, is that it causes a release of insulin. And insulin, as some of you medical people may know, lowers the blood sugar. And for some reason, and this is not the same in people, but in some reason in dogs, it causes a very large release of insulin. And then that really drops the blood sugar. All the blood sugar goes into the cells and the the dog has nothing to work with. And usually within 30 to 60 minutes after they get hold of the xylitol, they will often, if the blood sugar is low enough, they'll have seizures or some kind of neurologic problems of that that sort. Now, they found out that when they gave the xylitol, I was reading on one study, if they give it to people, rats, horses, or monkeys, there's not much release of the xylitol not much insulin, and so there's not much change in the blood sugar. But um, with the dogs, as I mentioned, they also found out that uh, cows, goats, rabbits, and baboons, this is to put in your little book here of fun facts, will cause a large release of insulin, and it will affect the blood sugar going down very quickly. With the ferrets and cats that I see quite often in practice, Apparently, there's not a problem or they don't really know what the effects of xylitol are in there. So it's mainly the dog owners that uh, we really have to be concerned about with these xylitol products. And again, you may not be aware of it, but like I said, anytime it says something like an artificial sweetener, natural sugar, anything of that sort, that appears there's more than just regular sugar or glucose in there, I do want you to look at the label very closely and make sure that there's not any problems. Fortunately, I haven't seen a lot of cases, but I get the idea that the xylitol is relatively cheap and it's fairly sweet to the taste. And unlike cats, dogs do have a have sweet, for lack of a better, taste buds, and they will be readily interested in these products that have a sweet taste to them. So my small, petite, bad joke is if you see the cow in a pasture, please do not feed xylitol or any product with it, and don't feed it to Peter Rabbit. So keep that in your mind the next time you're out in the country or as we get back to Easter. The other thing I kind of wanted to talk about is that uh, uh, bread dough, and again, this is kind of more fascinating. I don't know if I've seen a lot of cases of this, but as a lot of the, the cooks may know is that there's a fungus that makes the sugars in the bread dough. It turns it into carbon dioxide and alcohol, And usually you want a warm environment for something of this sort. 
And, of course, the carbon dioxide will make the dough rise, and then the alcohol alcohol will turn into an ethanol, and it provides some flavor to the bread. Usually, as it's baking, most of the ethanol goes to the side or is burned off, so it's not really a problem from that point of view. But uh, think twice next time when you have the bread dough laying in the stomach, because we did have one animal in the past that did swallow the bread dough, and our concern is that with the warm environment of the stomach, the bread dough will multiply quite quickly, and in fact, it can get large enough and cause quite a distension or enlargement of the stomach. And then, with the release of the ethanol, the pet potentially can get drunk or even have more serious factors going on. And so, what we try to do initially is get the pet to vomit and uh, get that dough out of there become the, before it becomes too enlarged or causes too many problems. In some cases, if you get the pet to drink cold water, or there have been cases where I've put cold water through a tube into the dog's stomach, but the cold water, of course, will stop the process of the dough rising and the alcohol being produced. So keep those things in mind, both with the xylitol and also the xylitol, going back to that real quick here, it can affect the liver. So we just need to be very, very careful with that particular product because I just don't hear too much mentioned on it. But as I said earlier, with a lot of products being developed, it can become quite quite an issue, I think, as time goes on. So if you have any stories you'd like to tell or let us know anything else on any kind of foods or if you have any concerns uh, on poisonous foods, so to speak, just know and be happy to talk with you. And we may have mentioned it before, but the other thing that I find kind of interesting, because when I was in school there was no talk about this, but the third and final thing on potential poisonous foods or ingredients are grapes and raisins. And we don't know why it occurs, and not in every animal that consumes the grapes or the raisins, but it turns out that, well, there's some toxin in that that can affect the kidneys in dogs and cats. And we don't know if there is something else going on, like a fungicide that's, that, that's in the raisins or grapes. Is it some kind of heavy metal? Is there a lot of vitamin D? Is there some kind of mold or something of that sort? Nobody has been able to figure out but there have been a fair percentage of animals that do consume grapes or raisins and causes a lot of problems with kidney disease. And again, this can happen pretty quickly. They say within 12 hours of eating the grapes or raisins that issues can continue. And so if you do have a pet that starts vomiting, not eating, and it's a sudden onset, then that often suggests that there is some toxin or poison that the animals may be getting. But again, As I tease, let's eat the grapes, the raisins, the chocolate for ourselves, us humans, and keep it away from from the pets. So just kind of keep those things in mind. And uh, because with the holiday season kind of starting now with the chocolate and all the other things going on, we have to be really careful. And a lot of times, especially with the dogs, there are places we think we can keep our foods and not seem to have any problems. But um, a determined dog will do things that you would not ever expect to have done. And, again, I can tell you some stories of people are just shocked how their animal got hold of these ingredients. But some animals are pretty pretty good, pretty devious, and uh, they'll try just about anything to get hold of these kind of kind of foods and that type of thing. So let's be really careful on that. And then I want to go ahead... With Connor, he always has a lot of questions to ask, which is great. But now I get a chance to tell some of my stories. 
And uh, these are stories that most of them that other veterinarians have encountered. And then we'll tell the story. it take a few minutes, and then we'll take a break. But right now, it turns out that this veterinarian had a, was on emergency call in New York City at the Animal Medical Center. It's quite a big place, and they do take care of a lot of animals. And it turns out in this case that the caller was a physician, either a, a DO or an MD, and said that uh, the cat's intestines were outside the intestine, and he wanted to know if he could bring the pet in. Well, of course, you know, what can you say <laughs> when the intestines are hanging out? Yeah, maybe wait till tomorrow. No, that's not a very good idea. And so when the physician came in, he had the cat wrapped in a towel, and he wanted to watch the veterinarian sew the pet up. And, of course, the veterinarian wanted to know what was going on, why had the intestines been eviscerated or coming out, or what caused this so uh, big wound in the abdomen. Well, it turned out the doctor thought that uh, the human doctor thought he could go ahead and spay the animal, and so he went ahead and did that, and he did take some a piece of tissue out, but uh, I guess as he was sewing it up, usually we have to sew it in three or four layers, and uh, when he maybe just sewed it in one layer, it didn't take long before the incision broke down, and so the physician wanted to see as surgery was going on if the if the veterinarian could point out where the ovaries were well of course with his experience the veterinarian first looked at the genitalia and it turns out that it was a, a neutered male so there would be no reason to find any ovaries in in a neutered male and so as he was the veterinarian was sewing the incision up he asked the physician well exactly what do you think it you took out of that animal and he says well i i really don't know. I think maybe it was just the lymph node. He was going to have it sectioned and have a pathologist look at it to find out exactly what it was. And so internally, the veterinarian had a good laugh and uh, went ahead and sutured the three layers or so and um, sent the cat home the next day, and the cat was perfectly fine. There was no contamination or infection. And so as he was sending the physician home, He kind of thought to himself, and this includes us ourselves as veterinarians, that uh, the humans should, doctors should operate on the people, and the veterinarians should work on treating the animals, not do it anywhere else, but just be limited of your own limitations and what your knowledge is. So I'm sure that uh, that story got passed around quite a bit, and a number of years ago I saw it in one of my journals and made a copy of it and saved it. So let's all keep track of our limitations. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break for a few minutes, and then I'll be back, and we'll discuss a few other topics. Hey, KTRS listeners, Roger Wigginson here. Don Rogers Limited, 6727 West Main in Belleville. Well, we are definitely into the holiday season, and you know what that means. Make Don Rogers Limited your one-stop shop for the finest in men's and women's apparel. You know, for 47 years, we've been taking care of the St. Louis area. We continue to do so with a great selection of men's sweaters and shirts, great-fitting jeans, suits, sport coats, and our ladies' department, our dressy separates. Again, great-fitting jeans and pants, loads of tops and sweaters. We always give wrap for free. So don't forget, as always, you're going to park at the door, walk in, 
get waited on. You're going to give that personal service, but for holiday wearing or holiday sharing, for that special one in your life or that special gift for yourself, make it easy on yourself. Don't fight the malls. Come down to Don Rogers Limited. We're open Tuesday through Saturday, 930 to 4. Park at the door, walk and get waited on. We'd love to see you. And as always, I thank you so very much for listening to our commercial. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, hey, everybody. Josh here. And with 11 different varieties, you can have an original Dogtown pizza for every day of the week and still have some left over. From sausage and pepperoni to bacon, bacon, and veggie, there are plenty of options to choose from, and everyone's a winner. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 11 varieties of Dogtown Pizza at any local grocery store. Have you had your Dogtown Pizza today? Neighbors Credit Union is the home to the Smart Account. It's also home to great CD rates. 5.30% APY for 15 months or about 4.75% APY for 7-month CDs. At Neighbors Credit Union, your CDs are safe, secure, and insured. Up to $500,000 per individual member. NeighborsCU.org. Stop by one of their eight locations and open up a Great CD, Neighbors Credit Union. Federally insured by NCUA, additional insurance by ESI. How's your tile? Do you need some help? Well, the Grout Medic can help. They can restore the tile and the grout to look like new at a fraction of the cost to replace. They'll clean the tile, they'll clean the grout. Heck, they'll even repair the tile and recalk if they have to. Any type of repair of tile on the floor, the wall, the counter, marble, travertine, traditional, or natural stone. 10% off if you mention you heard about it from the McGraw Show. 636-317-8860 or groutmedicstl.com. When it comes to owning a home, there are a lot of things to know. And one of the things we often forget about until there's a problem is our roof. Hail hits and wind damage don't always show up right away. That's why you need to do a yearly inspection with your professional roofer. I mean, your roof could be leaking for years before you ever notice it inside. So do yourself a favor and set up an inspection with your professional roofer. It will save you money in the long run. Yourprofessionalroofer.com or call Mike Lametta and his team at 636-866-5660. Your Professional Roofer. Their name says it all. Black Friday and Cyber Monday is happening all this month at Renewal by Anderson. Right now, get $336 off every Fibrex window. That's 200% stronger than vinyl. And $826 off every patio door. Plus zero down, zero interest, and zero payments for 18 months. Call for your free no-obligation design consultation. 314-461-1722. Or go to rbastl.com to take advantage of our biggest dollars off promotion of the year at renewal by anderson let's get back to information about dogs cats even furry hamsters or gerbils this is animal talk on the big 550 ktrs the animal talk of st louis hi everybody dr lang here again got some more stories and information to pass on i hope you're not too bored and if again, if you do have any questions on anything or stories you'd like to tell, please just give us a call or give us a text. I'd be happy to talk with you. I had one other social story I had to tell you. Yesterday we had another party with the family. My wife has six siblings, and I'm almost like a quarterback. I have a little band around my wrist, and I keep track of who belongs to who. But the interesting thing was yesterday, and I hate games. I don't like Monopoly and checkers and all that stuff. I just get too restless and uh, just can't tolerate it. And so my wife, a couple days ago, had said, we're going to play a game. And, of course, I said, well, could I not have to go to the party? 
Well, it turned out it was a fun game, and about uh, 17 of us had to pick some little story or tidbit about each of us that maybe nobody else knows about, and then we would each, she would, at the game, present each story a little bit, and then we would try to figure out who was the victim or the culprit, and then the winner would get a prize or got some prizes going on. And I had to pass on that uh, when I was up uh, Ames, Iowa, going to Iowa State for some undergraduate classes, I found out that uh, Elvis Presley was coming to Ames, Iowa. And why I wanted to come to Ames, I don't know. I mean, it was sold out. There were a lot of people. But it was kind of a spur of the moment. This was in, I believe, May or just the beginning of June, 1977. So it was about 15 months before he passed. But my little tidbit was that uh, in... May 1977, I had seen Elvis Presley. And then finally, I can't let this one go, is that Ted, one of my nephews, is a chef. And Thanksgiving Day, we had a wonderful dinner. I never tell him thanks enough. And he was good enough to sneak some leftovers into the car. I would think unbeknownst to my wife, but I don't think that's probably the case. But anyway, we had a, I had a very, very good Thanksgiving And so I wanted to go ahead and discuss and work on another veterinary subject. And I have a couple good friends, and one is Leanne, one of my technicians. And in many times we have discussed why are cats kind of second-class citizens. And I say that is that why aren't they brought in as much to the veterinarian as dogs are. And so the last couple weeks I've done a little bit of research because I didn't have a, a readily good answer, but I've heard 50 to 70% of cats do not ever see the veterinarian. And so I thought, well, I'd like to just pass on some interesting tidbits. If you're a cat owner or if you're not a cat owner, it doesn't make any difference in this case, but I thought you might be interested like I was and why they kind of have a different mentality toward their animals versus the dogs. And the main reason the cat owners don't come in is because of the cost. They just either don't want to pay anything for their cat or they just don't want to pay the traditional fees for cats in veterinary medicine. The interesting part is that part of this could be the vast majority of cat owners got their cats for free. In fact, one study said that 69% of cat owners got their pet for free. They did not pay anything for the cat. And so I think that may allude to, well, if I got it for free, then I really don't have to pay a whole lot for other services. And, in fact, many of the cats that got them for free said the classic line was, well, the cat found me. And so in many cases, the cats are kind of looked upon as pets, and dog owners look at their dogs as companions. They're part of the family. And I think that may be kind of another little tidbit of going on. Many cat owners and people in general, pet owners and non-pet owners, think that their pets, the cats are low cost, that, you know, because of their smaller size, they're cheaper to feed, they don't require much care, they're kind of independent. Cats are indoors, and so, and I found this to be very true, because they're indoor pets, the cats do not need any kind of heart worm, flea, or tick prevention. Of course, they don't mention the times that the cats do sneak out when somebody leaves the the door open. And even being outside for a few minutes, you can still have exposure to another animal's stool or a mosquito bite that could help them contract the heartworms. The 
cat owners will only take the cat to the veterinarian if the cat has some kind of injury or has not been eating for a day or two, but they're not willing to bring the cat in, in general, if the cat is feeling fine. And again, these are just generalizations. I don't want cat owners to get mad at me that are very fastidious that I saw every year or even twice a year as they got got older. But the problem is that a lot of times cats, probably even more than dogs, can hide their signs very, very well, and they could have an injury or some kind of trauma, and there's a good reason that you and I may not pick up on that. And so it can be very difficult. It becomes a vicious cycle where the pets do have something serious going on, and the pet owners kind of say, well, there's not really anything to worry about. The pets are fine. And so in general, often cats between 2 to 10 years of age, they don't plan on bringing their pet for any kind of uh, veterinary care. They just uh, think again, if there's something serious, then they'll go bring their pet in. The other thing that was kind of interesting, and I can see this, a lot of times cat owners feel they don't receive any health care instructions. When, let's say, they did get the, a cat, a free cat, and they wanted to check to see what the sex is, maybe guess how old it is, see, maybe we do a blood test to check for leukemia or check for worms and that type of thing. And we don't, and I, again, can understand this, the cat owners, we don't always give them a lot of instructions what things they should actually do with their pet. But with the dog owners, on the other hand, you know, usually we'll give them handouts, we'll give them more instructions, and uh, or the dog breeder or the rescue groups, even the animal shelters, it seems, will give more information on dog owners than cat owners for some particular reason. So it's kind of interesting, but in general, cats just don't get as much veterinary care. And I think as veterinarians, one thing we can try to do is provide more education and give a better idea what we can do to educate the cats, give cat owners the idea that, again, cats hide their signs very, very well. And you may not think anything is wrong, but on an exam, you know, maybe we hear a heart murmur, we feel a bladder that's enlarged, or maybe there's a small tumor in the abdomen that um, needs to be looked at. And, of course, you're not going to pick that up just watching your, your cat. And the other main concern, in addition to cost, is the stress of the cats. And having three cats myself and taking them to the veterinarian not being very pleasant because I'm 30 minutes away from the veterinary hospital, I can relate very well just to that. And one of the things is that the night before or the day of the visit, you will bring down the cat carrier to the main floor by the front door, ready to take the cat out that day or the following day. Well, the cats can smell a rat, so to speak, when they see that the kennel is just suddenly there, and they may even have the wherewithal of thinking, well, the last time I was in there, it turned out not to be a very good situation. Uh, Once you get to the parking lot, I think the cat owners, and this is kind of more fear-free, should immediately be taken to the exam room. When you have a bunch of barking dogs, if you don't have a separate cat or dog entrance, I think the barking and all the racket going on in the waiting room is not a good idea. It just makes it harder on the cats. And so I think immediately the veterinary staff should get the cat, cat owner, and the kennel to an exam room immediately and then try to give the the cat 10, 15 minutes to kind of relax a little bit instead of push them in the door and then all of a sudden a technician comes in right away to try to go after the cat. And in many cases we've had warm towels that we pull out out 
of the container, lay them on the exam room table. We do have pheromones, which are natural anti-anxiety medications, so to speak, that we either spray on the pet or spray on that are plug in there on the wall. And then, you know, like I said, give 10, 15 minutes, get a cat's kind of be used to what's going on, and maybe they will be a little bit more accustomed. And then finally, after all the services are done, check the client in the exam room and get the cat right out to the door, to the car. And I think in many cases, and I have done this, I've done house calls for the cats because sometimes they're a little bit more stressful. I've had a few cases that didn't go quite that well where the owner got bit or I got bit doing a house call. But in general, I think the cat is a little bit more stressed when they're around a lot of people or a new environment. And I just got done reading a book on cat behavior, and I think us cat owners do not realize how stressful it can be if we have one cat in the household and we introduce one or two more cats. Because cats are such solitary creatures, I think it is very, very stressful. And a lot of times if there's more people in the house, and especially this time of year with parties, I I think we should put the cats separately um, in another part of the house, maybe give them some type of medication like a gabapentin or a pheromone, got to take the edge off a little bit so they're a little bit more anxiety-free. But with cat owners, whether you're going to the veterinarian or just the general routine at the house, I think they need. we all need to be very conscientious about our kitty cats and think about the stress that may be occurring to them. Again, sometimes they get so stressed out to become very anxious and may hiss and growl, but a lot of times you're not going to see really any change in the cats and, and think that you know, stress is really not, not a problem. Finally, since we're kind of on the cat mentality, as we always tease, cats are not the same as small dogs or dogs. They are each quite different. And some of this, these may be obvious, but I wanted to point out a few things that maybe you hadn't thought of. And it, part of it ret- uh, pertains to nutrition, that um, dogs are omnivores, which means they can both eat plant and animal origin, but cats are just strictly carnivores. There's a couple amino acids or byproducts or part of proteins that the cats cannot make that on their own. They have to get it through the food. And one is called taurine, and the other is called arginine. And they're only available in meat proteins. They're not available in any kind of plant material. And one is taurine, as I mentioned, and that's necessary for heart health, for eyes and skin. And in the past, there have been some what we call cardiomyopathy in large tarts, and it turns out it was because of a deficiency of the taurine. And uh, the other one... Arginine is involved in other processes that binds to ammonia, and it makes it non-toxic to the cat's body. So it's very essential that the cats get cat food. Now, it's not going to hurt every so often if they get a little bit of dog food, but you definitely do not want to consistently feed a cat dog food for a period of time if you feed dog cat food. In fact, if dogs are not eating very well, they love cat food. And so to kind of spice up their appetite, you may want to warm up some canned cat food for the dogs. But again, do not recommend any kind of dog food for the kitty cats. If cats do pant, it usually indicates that there may be some kind of pain going on 
or stress, or maybe there is some respiratory or breathing problem, as we all probably can relate to that unlike dogs, cats rarely exert themselves to the point of overheating themselves or panting. So if they're panting, it's not because of overzealous exercise. And as we all know, dogs are pack animals. They're very, very social. They are part of the family, and they will respond to any kind of verbal comments, signals, that type of thing. That's the way they were brought together because in years past, and still to a certain extent now, they were made to be herding animals, guarding animals, and hunting animals. And so they do rely on people for food, direction, affection, and so forth. They're very, very dependent on people. Well, cats, for most of the time in the wild, they'll hunt rodents, the rats and mice and that type of thing, and they're more independent. They value their time alone, as we've kind of talked about, and really they don't respond to positive reinforcement. They're just kind of self-creatures that have their own type of schedule and their own mindset. Uh, As I briefly mentioned before, Dogs do have a sweetness for foods, but cats do not, apparently because they each prey, which have little carbohydrates or none, they really don't need that drive to eat something sweet. And uh, cats do not handle medicines. I've been writing my book and have talked quite a bit how cats especially do not tolerate Tylenol, aspirin, ibuprofen, most of the pain medicines that people sometimes like to give to the pets that they think the pet is in pain. But cats have a different metabolic system, and they do not tolerate a lot of drugs. So you definitely need to uh, talk to your veterinarian before you would give anything of that sort. A lot of times, if cats won't, I'm sorry, if dogs won't eat a certain food, they may go on a hunger strike, and sometimes we'll say, please, you know, just hang in there for a day or two. Do not feed the dog its regular food in an attempt to get the dog to be hungry enough and elite maybe the prescription food or you're trying a new brand of food. But with cats, you cannot do that. Usually after a day or two, if they do not eat any food at all, they will develop the fancy word is called hepatic lipidosis, where they actually will develop fatty deposits in their liver and they can eventually die. So with cats, you cannot do that trick of not give them any food and if you're trying something different, you have to be very careful. And if they're not eating, you need to get them to the veterinarian very, very quickly. As many of you know, cats are more nocturnal, so they like to jump on your face at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're snoring or want to go outside or some other activity. But uh, they're act- they are more nighttime activity. And so if you're trying to get a cat to, to play, you want to do it early in the morning or at nighttime when the sun goes down, and they're more reasonable want to do that kind of kind of thing. And so, again, those are just a few things to show the difference between cats and dogs. In our next session, I'm going to tell a few stories and some of the exams I've given different animals through the years and try to get a little smile on your face. So we'll see you in a couple minutes. Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Voges. Looking for a new kitchen or bathroom? Call me, Anne-Marie Voges, a new co-host with the Inside Out Show and owner and designer of Anne-Marie Design Studio. Visit our website at annemariestudio.com. We can help you make your dream space a reality. We're a fine kitchen and bath boutique located in Wildwood. Our showroom phone number is 636-821-3395. And again, our website is annemariestudio.com. Let's turn your kitchen or bath into the dream reality with Anne-Marie Design Studio. 
This is Susan. Hello. She wants to protect her income bucket from Uncle Sam. The three types of buckets inside my big bucket. Taxable income, tax-deferred income, and tax-free income. Ferguson Financial Group in Chesterfield does not provide tax or legal advice, but does specialize in financial products and personalized strategies to emphasize the tax-free income bucket so you can keep more of what you have worked so hard to earn. Thank you, Ferguson Financial Group. Find out more at FFGSTL.com. That's FFGSTL.com. Ferguson Financial Group. The holiday season is a time of joy and thanksgiving. For those facing a divorce or family law matter, there can be uncertainty and stress that makes it challenging. At Stangy Law Firm, we understand what you're going through. Our team will work hard to help ensure that the holiday season is a memorable one for you and your family. To schedule a consultation with Stangy Law Firm, visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm. Here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has offices in the St. Louis area. The choice of a lawyer is important and should not be based solely on ads. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Hey, Dad, I noticed some brown spots on your lawn. Looks like you might have a fungus. Well, actually, that brown spot by the fence is where my grass trimmer ran out of gas. And I might have spilled a little fuel when I filled it up. Oh, what about that spot by the firewood rack? Well, that one, I was gassing up the chainsaw. And the one by the shed? Uh, leaf floor. It might be time to switch to battery power. Hi, Frank Blair from Schnars Hardware. Fall is a great time to put outdoor power tools to work. And Echo's 56-volt battery-powered lineup can help accomplish your home and garden goals, all with zero emissions. The full Echo E-Force battery-powered lineup includes mulching mowers, chainsaws, string trimmers, blowers, hedge trimmers, brush cutters, and much more. So stop by Schnars and put an Echo, Echo, Echo in your garage. Schnars Hardware, where we don't charge for the popcorn or the advice. For hours, locations, and to shop online, go to schnars.com. I'm Farmer Dave, and here's my good friend and owner of MasterCars, Inc., Alex Rosenberger, with today's hot MasterCars, Inc. deals. Well, the cool weather is setting in, and you know Corvettes and late-model muscle cars are a specialty, but we've got great inventory to make this season more bearable. Lifted Jeep Wranglers, Jeep Gladiators, Hummer H1 and H2s, Ford Raptors, Dodge Power Wagons, GMC Sierra AT4Xs, all the neat stuff to get you through. And we've got Black Friday specials going on all throughout November. Interest rates as low as 4.99 on select models. And if you've got a vehicle that's unique, special interest, classic, super low miles, anything like that that you're interested in selling, we'll even buy entire collections. Just contact us. So rev that motor and point your car in the direction of Master Cars, Inc. And buy or sell today. 4100 Namioki Road in Granite City or visit MasterCarsInc.com to get more details. That's MasterCarsInc.com. Animal Talk returns on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are Dr. Dan Lang and Dr. Katie O'Brien. Hey, everybody. This is our third session here, and I want to go ahead and tell you a few stories. Probably one of my favorite times in veterinary medicine is when I'm in the exam room and giving the animals an exam and talking to the people and catching up as I tease and any kind of juicy gossip. My joke is that in many cases, not maybe not so much a joke, is that a lot of times people that I knew very well, maybe we hadn't seen each other for a year, I would ask how things are going, and we have 30-minute appointments, and after we got done with our gossip, I would look at my watch, and there's five minutes left in the exam period. 
And often my technician, if she was in the room assisting me, you know, she would kind of give me that look like, uh, what do you think you're doing? Or if I'm running, we'll get a special knock on the door like I had a phone call. That was the secret code. You better get your butt moving or you're going to get way behind. But anyway, I certainly enjoy the ex- times in the exam rooms. And so I want to go ahead and tell a couple stories. In many cases, of course, people aren't familiar with all the details of their pet and they want to come in because they feel like there's some abnormality with the animal and you know how can you tell on the phone and so i tell my staff just you know let's get them in we'll have to fit them in and see what's going on and so one that always puts a smile on my face is that i had a lady call and she has a cockatiel and marianne my first wife and i had a cockatiel called clark we had him for 12 years and he can't he couldn't mimic a lot of sounds like some parrots, but he could mimic the little sound of the microwave. And a lot of times he did such a good job, I couldn't tell if we were cooking something or it was Clark the cockatiel. But anyway, I'd had a little experience with cockatiels, and so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and see it. I don't do a lot of bird work, but uh, if the lady thinks, and her concern was that the cockatiel had a hole in the side of its head, Now, she said that the cocktail was acting fine. It didn't have a head tilt. There was no bleeding. It was perching normally. It was uh, eating. You know, it seemed like it was all normal behavior, but she saw this hole in its head. And, again, I have had a little experience with cockatiels, but I was concerned because a lot of times you have a sick bird. Not that she intimated that, but a sick bird often is a dead bird. And, again, even more than cats, even more than dogs, they can hide their signs very well because I believe that with evolution, animals have to hide their signs. If they show any evidence of illness, they will be eaten quite quickly. And so I think through time, animals, especially birds, hide their signs exceptionally well. So she went ahead and brought the cocktail in, and she had socialized it very well. It perched on my finger, and I grabbed a towel and kind of held it in my hand, went ahead and gave a a thorough look over. I could not find anything wrong. And so I asked her, could you show me where the hole in the head was? Because, again, I didn't see any evidence of trauma or bleeding. And she showed me where the hole in the head was. Well, it turned out there was a hole on the other side of the head, and it turned out those were the ear canals. So this was all perfectly normal. And after I showed her, there was the same in both ears. She was laughing, and I was laughing. She was laughing from embarrassment and maybe just happy that the bird wasn't having any issues, and I was happy that uh, everything was fine with the animal and wouldn't push my clinical limits on birds very far. So a lot of times people bring pets in. She apologized. There's no apology. I always tell people it's better if you overreact than to let something go, especially with birds, cats, and even dogs, go too long because the frustrating cases are where people do wait too long And by the time I see the animal, there's not much we can do. And then you kind of wonder internally, you know, what were the people waiting for? I know we all can procrastinate and say, well, you know, give it the animal another day or two. And in many cases, that may be the case. But other times, that's not the case. My other kind of fun one is that every so often, uh, a, a pet owner will bring in a male dog. And the male may be neutered or maybe he is still intact, still has his testicles. And a lot of times, no matter what the age of the pet is, they're concerned that there's there's a couple lumps in the groin area, and it's kind of right at the base of the penis. 
and um, it's not painful when you touch it, and the pets seem to be acting fine. They seem to be urinating fine. They're alert and active and that type of thing. And so a lot of times, in my most professional manner, I will go ahead and touch the lumps and see that they're equal size. They're not painful. It's not a hernia. It's not a growth or tumor because they're, the lumps are completely the same on both both sides. And so I get my, as I said, my professional manner, stand up, you know, in my doctor erect manner and tell them, and I shouldn't have used that word, I just tell them that their dog just had an erection. And basically Mother Nature has produced some muscles then enlarge, so when the dog is inside the female, it'll prevent the dog with withdrawing too soon. And the lesson mainly is, other than embarrassment, is that if you see a lump or bump or an abnormality like hair loss, if it's exactly the same on the other side, if you take a line from the nose to the tail and kind of divide the animal in half, if you see the same lump or lesion of the skin or hair loss, then it is probably normal. If it's not, if it's different on the other side, then there is some abnormality. Except the one exception would be a lot of times lymph nodes. I'll see them enlarge under the neck, and often they'll be in both cases. But by far, if you're concerned about something, make sure that it is symmetrical to save you an office exam and maybe a little bit of embarrassment. But that's we all learn from things of that of that sort. Of course, often. You know, I have to keep my ego in check, and uh, I've had the tables turned on me more than one time. And I had a lady that came in. I knew her very, very well, and she's one of those that does all kinds of research. When she comes in, you know, she has 20 questions, so I can't gossip because I have to answer all the questions. Actually, I love people that have have a lot of preparation when they come in. So I'm teasing. I, I actually get tickled when people have their questions, especially when the husband brings it in, because then he doesn't have to ask anything. We just leave it up to the the better half. But anyway, she brought in a dog. It was kind of middle-aged. It was neutered, and it was unable to close its mouth. It was having some difficulty grabbing food from the food bowl, and it had been going on for two or three days. The pet was very active. It wasn't in any pain or anything of that sort, and I did really give it a thorough exam, and it was one of those my I just couldn't think of a differential possibility on something or even a definitive answer to her. And I just kept thinking and thinking. And as the saying goes, I couldn't think of nothing, zero, zilch, nothing came to mind. And uh, she said, well, she had read something on on um, Dr. Google. And that, that usually gets my heart rate going because I thought, oh, my God, she's going to get some kind of information and it would have to be my mission to get her back on what was really the case. And she said, well, I read Dr. Google, and it's the signs seem to fit where this my pet has bilateral motor paralysis of the trigeminal nerve. And like people, dogs have 12 nerves from the brain that go to the different parts of the neck and the face, and it affects the various muscles of that area. And so I kind of got out of the room. With my excuse, I had to do some quick research, given the idea I was going to write up the record. And um, as I ran to my neurologic textbook, I looked very quickly, and sure enough, she was exactly right that it was an idiopathic trigeminal nerve paralysis, and uh, she had nailed it right on the head. And it is seen in middle-aged dogs, not usually cats, and most of the time it's self-limiting 
but it is not anything that needs to be treated. It, it certainly wasn't rabies, anything serious of that that short of that sort. And so I came in and I said that she was exactly right. And I said to myself, I will never make this mistake again. It's just one of those you kind of learn, and I have learned from a number of pet owners. The only thing is that as I was walking down to the hall to check her out, I was wondering who should I be charging. Should I be charging her or should I charge myself? So it was one of those days that uh, my ego was kept in check. And, you know, again, you learn many, many different things from your pet owners. I have to do one more quick story. And if anybody is older than age 18, would you please move from the radio? My wife and I go to the Muni Opera quite a few times. And um, we've been blessed to get sit up at the seventh row from the front. And one humid night after the show started, it was 8.15. It was starting to get a little bit dark. I got a phone call. And to me, a phone call is never good, and especially when I'm away from the clinic. And I got this text, and I couldn't figure out what the heck I was seeing. And I kind of showed it to Susie, my wife, to see if she could get a better idea. And I got a little ahead of my joke and my story here that at the beginning of the show, the announcer always announced before the Sparse Spangled Banner, there will be no recording of the show. You cannot leave till the show is over. And please, no use of cell phones with the lights on to distract your fellow spectator as it starts to get dark out. Well, I asked my friend to give me some more pictures, and here I had the phone up in the air and trying to tell people they could see the light, and it turned out that the dog had an erection, and could get knotted back into the prepuce or the sack. And so I could just see myself being accused of doggy porn. And, of course, when the vendors or the host came by dragging us out, it'd be a little difficult to explain that. So what I did is I had left, and I told Susie she was left on her own and that she could take care of the authorities. And Chris, my good nephew, was the one that called, and I will tell this story many, many times, and I guess I should... Give Chris a little bit of payment on on that. Well, I hope you've enjoyed a few of the stories. And please, if you do have any questions and don't want to do it on air, I'm happy to talk to you. My number is 636-278-0485. Or if you prefer to email, it's D as in dog, Lang, L-A-N-G-E, 71 at Outlook.com. And I'd be happy to talk with you. Again, that's one of my joys to talk to people because it never fails if I try to answer here on air that I think of more things to to say. So please contact me if you're interested, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. I hope Thanksgiving was good to you, and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. 